Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marsley. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marsley, and I'm so excited that you've joined us again this week. This is part two of common knowledge that you might not know if you are blind or partially sighted. So <laughs> last week, episode 158, we were talking about this really interesting topic of things that maybe we've missed out on if we're blind, if we've been blind or partially sighted since childhood. Uh, or since birth. And we ran out of time. We had so many things. We didn't make it through the list. So I'm super excited to carry on the conversation. And if you didn't listen to that episode, then maybe go back and listen to that first, because this will be a continuation. And there was lots of awesome little gems that came up in that episode. So I want to welcome back my co-hosts, Clement, Ishita, and Ginny. Welcome back. Hello. It's great to be back. Hello. Hello. I do want to add that um, our podcast producer, Rob, will likely be popping in to help us out here and there. So if we're talking about something that we need verification from a fully sighted individual, he is on standby. And I already have a question for him. So he'll be coming on very soon. Shout out to Uh, Rob. Yay. Yeah. Yay, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) So my friend, Carrie, WhatsApped me from Scotland and she said... Do you not get red pesto in Canada? Um, what? She said, we oh. have both red and green pesto, and we call it by its colored name when we buy it. My kids won't eat green pesto. So she was <laughs> like, I think you need to revisit this. So I have no idea if we have red pesto here. I, I need agree to... with Carrie's children. Um, <laughs> this no, is what they... I was saying. But they, But you like the green pesto. I like the taste. I didn't know that the color. Right. The color turns you off a little bit. It's more because I can't picture it. Yeah, I would. I really want to taste red pesto as well. (laughs) So, Rob, do we have red pesto in Canada? Okay, so the answer to this, I had to look this up just for the record, because I'm not. I'm not, I'm also, I'm not a scientist and I'm also not uh, a culinary expert. So I didn't actually even know this. So lots of learning going on all around uh, today. But apparently there is indeed a red pesto. So the difference between the two is a green pesto uh, recipe is, is made using basil, parmesan. Basil. What? <laughs> <laughs> I call I call it's it basil. basil. It, okay, you I'm say sorry. basil, I say basil. Okay, okay, I hear sorry. I hear tomato, tomato. It's like, it's tomato. Like tomato, tomato. Oh, no, yeah. man. Yeah. Man, okay, so much sorry. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so okay, so a classic uh green pesto sauce is made using uh basil, parmesan, <laughs> pine nuts, garlic, and olive oil, while the red pesto is made using sun-dried tomatoes, roasted red peppers, or chili. That would do it. That is very yeah. different. Oh, yeah. they, okay. they are very different. So yeah. they must taste a lot different too. So I, then I would like green. the green one still. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so right, it seems go. like perhaps in the UK, they can buy a ready-made pesto. Can we do that? Can we buy a ready-made pesto sauce? I do. 
Okay. Jars. Yep. So maybe you can buy a ready-made red pesto too. Just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I just I, asked I, I for the that. normal it makes, pesto. It makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense that the color of the ingredients would color the sauce too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So a reminder to our listeners, we've been making our way through this list of things that we've compiled together, things we didn't know uh, that other people seem to know. And I sort of put them into themes. So we talked a lot about nature and space last week. We talked about food and today we're moving on. The next theme is infrastructure. That's what I called it. So I just kind of categorized things under something. So, so the first one on the list is People can tell parking spots apart because there are painted lines on the ground between each parking space. Um, I think I could see the lines of parking spaces. So this one I did mm. know. Um, but uh, Ginny and Clement and Ishita, did you know this? I did. I can I can see because they're a bright yellow um, usually or white. So they're usually very high contrast compared to the um, ground or pavement, which mm-hmm. is usually like a darker gray. And then when it rains, it'll get like darker. So the contrast is usually oh. pretty high for someone who's low vision. Um, it's similar to speed bumps. I don't know if that is also in the list, but speed bumps are also colored. Always? They're either, I did not know that. Um, okay. I would say usually, maybe not always, but I've seen, so the standard is maybe a yellow, a huge yellow strip, like a very thick strip that covers the bump. Mm-hmm. Or I've seen also kind of like cone shaped, um, triangle shaped um, shapes kind of lined next to each other in a line. So I've seen those two. Um, I think I've also seen where it's just um, like a crosswalk strips across. So those are usually like spaced out white lines or yellow lines across. I've seen that a little bit rarely, but usually what I've seen is like thick yellow um, paint covering the bump. So mm. um, and it also there's also I'm kind of just explaining the whole parking lot, but there's also the um, stable spaces. Those have like a person on a wheelchair. Um, so like, it's like kind of in a square that's usually like lightish blue and then a person drawn in a wheelchair and like yellow paint. Um, so those are usually like all the visual markings that I've noticed in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, the spaces, and there are some that are bigger and smaller depending on where you park, but, um, usually they're spaced out throughout the parking lot, those little right. parking lot spaces. I never knew about the speed bumps, but yeah. the parking one, the way I discovered it and I had written this one down is um, I don't remember when this was or who this was with, but people always say, oh, you know, this person parked out of their parking spot or this person didn't park straight or Mm -hmm. they parked too close to me. So I was like, it's literally, I don't know what I had said. It was like, it's literally like a big cement concrete, little yard like just park anywhere like what what do you mean you gotta find a spot i'm so confused is there a lineup like right do you have to like line up properly like yeah you know yeah um mm-hmm. and they're like oh no there's 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 painted lines and then i i guess that like made sense to me in terms of parallel parking how someone could park too close well, parallel parking is when you're parking against the sidewalk. So there actually aren't usually lines there. It no. is really literally wherever there's space for your car. 
Yeah, but in the sense of, because I thought everyone, I thought that's what you did all, like, I thought you could just park anywhere. Right. All Anytime. the time. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, why is it always we're looking for a spot? Like, do we have to always like line up properly beside mm-hmm. another car? Like, why can't you just park? Yeah. Yeah. Clement, were you aware of lines painted? Um, yes, and that's only because I was a geek, and when I was studying law, I wanted to read about different things that were pertaining to law, so I read uh, driving, driving instruction manuals and stuff like that, so I did I did learn that. Okay. Um, but... Probably sometime in high school, but I didn't know that before, because no one had ever mentioned it, um, and, you know, I, I didn't realize why... Every, yeah, like kind of, I mean, Jenny already said it. I didn't know why we always had to find parking. <laughs> yeah. Um, although, I mean, I did I did get the idea that, yeah, you had to line up properly between two cars. Otherwise, you can't, otherwise the other car can't leave or you can't mm-hmm. leave and things like mm-hmm. that, right? So I did I did know that. Right. Um, but it never translated that we, can, we could do that because there were lines on the ground that mm-hmm. helped you to actually line up properly. It's actually always interesting to me when I go to something like, I don't know, like a, like a pumpkin patch where it's a, just a gravel or a field where you're parking, where there can't be lines that I'm like, uh-huh. how do people know? How do they know where to park <laughs> without the lines to help them? Because I'm, I don't think there are lines on a gravel or a grassy no. field, right? There are so, no lines. And I think that's when, I think that is when you do just find a spot to yeah. park. You have <laughs> right. to park, but yeah. you have to park logically in a place that won't be a hindrance to other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it won't stop other people from leaving yeah, uh, or coming in. And, like, I think if you are, you know, not the first one there, chances are people will already park or will already have parked. And so you have an idea of, okay, this is, I can, I can go here, but I shouldn't go there. Right. Um, when I've asked that question, because I've been in, like, night markets where there isn't really any lines, people <clears> just <throat> explain that they're, because they're, especially if they're experienced drivers they can just visually see the space and see if it's enough for Uh, a door to open or not right so um like i get very worried because i'm like oh my god it's so close like to me it looks so close and i'm worried i'm gonna slam the door into another car they're like no no you're fine that should be like more than enough for my door to open up and you know if if it's a bigger car you kind of just see and you kind of space it out accordingly if you think their doors will swing out more yeah yeah and and that's that's a big part of it the experience Right, because yeah. once you, once you've experienced yeah. enough driving, you can tell which car is going to slot into that. It's like, oh, if I drive a Land Rover, I'm probably not going to be able to fit through there. But the person yeah. behind me who's driving a Tesla could probably fit through there because it's a smaller space. Yeah, um, right. And I'm not going to squish the other car, you know, when I drive mm-hmm. over them. Or whatever. Okay. All right. So there we go with parking. Uh, okay. So this one, I actually, I think I've learned this through listening to movies with audio description. So it's, I didn't know that elevators had numbers that lit up on the inside and the outside to show you what floor you're on. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, the assumption was to just push the button and wait. So, That's what I thought Yeah, <laughs> until now. <laughs> I Because sometimes in movies, if it's like somebody's running away from somebody and they'll jump into the elevator and the bad guy watches and sees where the elevator stops because the numbers light up and you can track where the elevator is I think I don't know but that's kind of how I learned oh there's there's numbers on the outside I think I knew there were numbers on the inside but not that there were actually numbers on display and I don't know are there always numbers you can see on the outside of an elevator 
Like, can you always track where the uh, where it actually is? Does anybody know this? To my knowledge, yes, but Rob could probably come fill that in. It depends on the elevator and how old the elevator is, but yeah, certainly newer elevators, there's usually a an LED um, indicator on the outside of the the elevator so that people who are waiting for the elevator yes they can they can see where the elevator is and what floor it is it's on and in the inside of the elevator there's usually an, an led screen as well that shows you what floor you're you're passing um as well oh. as numbers that light up so there's usually a, a few different ways um, oh not just the numbers lighting up as you get to that floor but above the doors that's inside right. that's right Okay. Exactly. I don't yeah. think I knew that. Oh wow! Um, yeah. I learned I learned that from a book. Okay. Uh, specifically, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Oh. Um, that was the first time. I, that was the first time I learned that there were numbers that would flash as an elevator stopped at a certain floor or came to a certain floor. Right. So even like if it's a small elevator with only like three floors, does it still have that? Generally, I mean, it, it does really kind of depend on on how old the elevators are. But yeah, they, they usually have always been built with some sort of an indicator that you can tell what floor it's it's on if you're in it um, mm -hmm. and for people who are waiting. OK, you know, that's interesting because I didn't know that until today, but it makes sense now thinking about it because you know, when we sometimes ride elevators, there will be beeps or dings as yeah. we hit each floor right i guess it's the same sort of concept i think as it's dinging i imagine the number changes mm -hmm. that's lit up exactly yeah yeah wow okay <laughs> uh all right so next we have i didn't know pedestrian signs had a picture of a man that was animated to show that you could walk or not walk and that it wasn't just a traffic light so my understanding, sometimes it says walk, don't walk. Sometimes yeah. it's just red, green, yellow. And sometimes it's a walkie man. And then I think it's a walkie man when it's green and it's a hand when it's a red. a walkman is a cassette player. <laughs> Not a no, walkman. A walkie man. A walkie man. I don't know. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure there were grandmas and grandpas that called those things that too. Yes. <laughs> they didn't know what, if they didn't know what a walkman actually was. So... Oh, well, like, yeah, I don't know how they decide when or if it's based on like municipality or yeah. if it's like busy intersections, get a walkie man and everyone else just gets a light. I don't know. <laughs> I forget. I know this and I forget how I learned this, but I knew this as uh, since I was a kid. I just forget how. So um, not to out you or anything, Clement, but <laughs> I think this one was yours. It was, yeah. I mean, I feel like this, did you learn from a mobility instructor? Because this is kind of a O&M lesson, I feel like, a little bit. No, I didn't learn from an O&M instructor. I think I might have heard it from a relative one time when they told us the walk person's sign was broken and they weren't actually moving. Mm. So they're like, how do I know? You know, because the light, you know, the light was there too, but they were like, well, how do I know for sure? Because, and especially at the, at, this was the sign of the elementary school. Uh, which was across the street from my aunt's house, so she could see it. And mm -hmm. it was kind of always weird because they were like, "Well, that's how they taught the kids when across the street was to, the if the light was going if the light was green and if the guy was walking, yeah, you could go. But what if one or the other wasn't working? Then mm -hmm. what did you do? And so that was kind of how that came up, right? Um, yeah. And I was like, "What? There's a guy? 
<laughs> okay, but to clarify, I don't think he's walking. Like he's, uh, I think it's like a sideways view. So one leg's in front of the other, but the sign, the guy on the sign isn't like his legs aren't moving back and forth, right? It's just a picture <laughs> of a man, a person who knows yeah. if it's a man, and then a hand, I think. Yeah, I I don't I don't know what exactly the sign looks like. Yeah. It was just mm-hmm. it just blew my mind when I learned about yeah the There's walking a, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just jump in here too, just for a, a quick fact, because I actually didn't know this particular fact either until just recently. But there is actually no real standard um, behind this. They're all they're all very different um, as you go around the world in different cities. Uh, and sometimes it, it actually says walk, don't walk instead of and, and mm. not have a symbol. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there it, it just kind of depends on where you are. Right. Yeah. And now sometimes it goes walk sign is on, which right. is helpful, right? So. Yeah. Are you here like the countdown as well? I think. Like, just, yeah, you can. I'm just. Yeah, um, but I'm not sure if it visually shows. I'm not sure if they replaced the walking man with that or not. I don't. So I think the walk is still there, but you can also see the countdown from what yeah, I, I was gonna oh, say. Okay. The countdown definitely is there because yeah. I've walked with people and they go, 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 keep going, go, go. Yeah. It's, you know, it's yeah. almost, you know, we're running out of time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you yeah. can see okay. it's estimated and then they can see, like, oh, five seconds left. Can I make it now? Um, so yeah, I did know that because um, I, I feel like my OM instructor might have described that to me. Um, I right. can't see the symbols really when I'm practically crossing. Um, and it can at night sometimes, but my vision is just because of the contrast tends to be higher, but I can't see anything else. So I tend mm. not to rely on that anyway. So, um, yeah, uh, like Rob said, I've seen, uh, only time I've actually seen like a walking, like physical person, like moving like their legs wasn't in a walking situation, like a crossing. It was just for like a visual test thing. Oh. Um, so I don't know if that was based off of that or what. They just wanted to see if I could visually see the movement. But mm. um, yeah, mm. so that's the only time I've ever seen like a pedestrian person walking because it looked like the pedestrian person symbol. And Sean, you're right. It's like a sideways view of someone right. walking. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. All right. Interesting. Okay. So the next theme I called people slash animals. So, okay. Both, two people sent me things about eyes, ironically. So we have, (laughs) when someone says you have brown eyes or blue eyes, your entire eye is not that color. And so this person didn't know for the longest time that eye color was based on the iris and that people have different colored eye colors. Um, So the assumption was that the pupil was also different colored. So one, one of those statements came from one person, but basically the same kind of idea. So the idea that if you have blue eyes, it's not your entire eye is blue. And also uh, kind of the similarity of the iris and the pupil. The pupil is black. The iris is the colored part that's on the outside. If you if it was like a dartboard, the pupil is the center and the iris is the part around the center, which changes color. Yeah. That's very interesting. I think I had enough vision to be able to tell the the white so there's like the iris part is like a circle on the outside of the pupil. And then the remainder is usually white. I could see that. So this one I did know, um, but I could never tell somebody's eye color mm, unless I like yeah. got, got up close and looked <laughs> right into their eyes. Like, which you don't usually feel 
comfortable to do. <laughs> the first part, um, I had sent in about like the different eye, like not knowing like your eye color was not your whole eye and, and the little iris part. And mm-hmm. that I always thought that when someone said, oh, you had brown eyes, so, well, I was brown. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way I learned this is because I have prosthetic eyes and I was like, why does it take you so long to like paint mm. them and make them just give me a chunk of brown right. like material? <laughs> I'll put it in my eye and they're like, that's not how this works. Um, No. And yeah. I was like, oh, so they actually had to explain it. And then in grade eight, um, I'm not sure if Ishita or Clement, you've done this, but they do a unit on the eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I learned a little bit there as well. Yeah. Uh, I I was also the one who submitted the eye thing. Very I so I did <laughs> like Sean said that there was the whites of the eye and then the pupil. But I guess I didn't know that people had different colored eyes. So I assumed all eyes look like a pupil and a and the whites. Uh, <laughs> um, and I think it's partially because my eyes are very dark. So um, my eyes are very almost black. Um, the iris was almost black. So it looks like I have one giant pupil. Right. Um, and even when like I went to doctor's visits, they had a lot of trouble dilating my pupils because it just looked like it was always dilated. Yeah. So um, so there was that. So when I looked at my own eye, that was the only eye I felt comfortable like staring very close at. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's what an eye looks like. And then everyone around me had brown eyes. So right. um because I also went to like a cultural, like religious school and everyone was also Indian. <laughs> All I knew was brown um, eyes. I did not even until I was in grade seven, like Jenny said, and I saw a picture of um, an eye with like a, like blue eyes. I think my mind was blown. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I didn't know people have blue, people have blue eyes, green eyes, hazel eyes. Like what, what is happening? So, um, and then I met, other people and then you know i just liked learning about their eye colors then and seeing them Mm -hmm. so i think yeah i just didn't know that that existed (laughs) that's awesome okay this next one is amusing to me so only because i have a funny story to go with it okay so white skin is not actually white it's just a very light light brown um so (laughs) <laughs> this is funny because <laughs> I know this. I know that like white. Well, I'm a little confused about it, I guess. But like the pencil crayon that is called skin color is like a peachy-ish, pinkish, pink peachy color, I think, um, which is very uh, racist, actually, now that I, you know, understand because not all skin is that color. Um, but I thought... You know, with emojis, you can do like a thumbs up and there's different colored thumbs upses, thumbs upses. I don't know how to say that. Yeah, I never know which one I am. So I was picking the light brown thumbs up because I thought that's the one that was me. But apparently (laughs) I am not light brown (laughs) and that's not the one I should be using. There's a white thumbs up, but but I was basing it on like, well, I have a tan in the summer. Like... (laughs) (laughs) My skin is light brown, so. <laughs> well, so I, funny story. So I submitted this one. Um, so, yeah, so from what I know, and Rob can jump in. So, okay, so I'll say how I figured this out. So I am South Asian, so 
I am uh, I have brown skin, and like I said in our previous uh, episode, I could see a little bit when I was younger. So to me, everyone's skin was always that. I just assumed that everyone looked like me all the time. And then, you know, as I got older, I learned that um, there are differences. Everyone has different skin color. But people, you know, would say white people or they would say white skin. So I was like, like, um, and then I'd hear pale. And I was like, I don't understand. If you're already white, like paper and snow, how much paler can you get can it even like right yeah and then i was like oh like if you're white um then like how do you like make sure that like you don't like i guess like glow too much because (laughs) (laughs) that's so good yes sorry i no because i was picturing like White, like you know those that music, like angel, like when you see something pretty, like oh, like yeah. white, like the white light of heaven. <laughs> yeah, I literally thought that it was pure white, and then actually, I was reading a poem by Shakespeare. It was a sonnet, um, and it was I don't know what number, but it was the sonnet where Shakespeare talks about how his wife is just ordinary. Um, and I, there was a line in there and I don't remember which one and it was something about her skin and, um, my SCA was like, yeah, because we're not technically white. Like we're, we're, we're just technically a very, very, very lighter Brown, which equals a tint, um, that can appear white. But if you look at our pigment or if you look closer at our skin, it can be like a little more peachy. Sometimes, sometimes it can have some pink, which I, I, don't really get i guess but yeah that's what i thought and even when i saw the emoji thing sean i was like okay how like there's medium light and dark like how do you know if you're a medium like Mm -hmm. is there like one medium that's it what if you're between a medium and a dark so i also learned that there's definitely a very 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 big spectrum as well (laughs) the thing about like skin tones is um undertones and this is the more subtleties that i never noticed so i can generally tell um i guess white brown and then um like so if those very broad spectrums um but even in brown so like if i compare me and my brother both you know genetic same Mm -hmm. makeup very different skin tones so or even if i compare myself to like another south asian it's not going to be the same so skin skin tone is a very like difficult thing to like base or like identity often that's a whole other thing but skin tones like undertones the thing so i learned that people have like yellow or gold or red or blue undertones because your skin oh, is blue? translucent technically yeah so if you it's not translucent in like if you look at it at, on a person you can't see through them but <laughs> like uh, if you look under like shine a light through it you can see like veins underneath that's why some people can yeah. see their veins uh, um so that's why undertones tend to show up quite a bit and then i i think undertones like red or warmer tend to be more common in different um ethnicities and then golden ten- or like yellowish warm so it's like warm and cool tend to be indifferent so those are subtleties i never noticed um, and then also when you go into like features, that's also a different thing. Cause a lot of people can't tell I'm South Asian just by looking at my skin tone. I've gotten like mm. Brazilian, indigenous, um, like 
uh, Mexican or Hispanic. So like, mm. it's just a very odd thing. I think that people use to identify people. And, um, but it's like, it's so like Jenny said, broad, um, yeah. and then undertones. And like, I don't even know, I go to Sephora and they're like, what's your undertone? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to get makeup based on that. I'm like, oh my God, that's a whole other thing. So there are subtleties I, to it that yeah. people can see. And usually I tend to miss out a lot on those. That's why also foundation, I didn't know this, has to match. I was confused about that too. I was like, why can't you just put on foundation? It's supposed to just cover up your like, you know, blemishes and stuff. But they're like, well, if you put this on your face, your face will look a different skin tone because foundation actually has color to it. It's not like lotion. Mm -hmm. It won't just go in your skin. So that's also another way I learned it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes me laugh because um, for a while there, I was doing some reporting for AMI and they suggested using powder under the cameras so that you don't have any shine on your face. So I got powder in the winter or in the summer. I can't remember, but you know, you get it to match. You go into the store and you ask like what, what one matches my skin tone, but then I would Mm -hmm. get a tan and I was afraid to use it because I was like, well, I think my skin tone has changed. I like I was so paranoid about it blending in with my neck and with my, you know, just yeah. the rest of my skin. Like, do I look all like white, whiter faced? But then even that, like to be white. Yeah. People do talk about, oh, my, you know, they wear shorts for the first time in the season and they're talking about how their legs are practically glowing because they're so white. And it's like, I can't see the difference between that white and regular white. And, and why do we call it white? It's not even white. (laughs) Yeah. You want to weigh in here? Yeah. So I've learned about all this through again, reading, because I do a lot of reading and that's, they, a lot of people spend time you know, in some of the novels that I read, discussing skin tone and how different characters look different—that's that kind of thing. But I did, I did know about the pigment thing and that light. You know, what we think of as white is actually still—it's not actually white, white. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the one of the ways that I learned that was when someone says, "Oh, like someone turns white when they're scared." Yeah, their and face I was is like, white as a ghost. Yeah, and and Ooh. that's and that's I think that's what that's when it kind of clicked for me. I was like, okay, well, it can't be white then because yeah then you your normal whiter? skin color wouldn't be any different from when you're scared but obviously there is a difference mm-hmm. um same thing you know when it's the opposite when your face flushes because you're embarrassed or if you're drunk or whatever and your face turns red yeah um so there's no there's no such thing as purely white unless you're either scared or unless you're dead you yeah know, that's why a lot of people say corpses look pale because there's no pigment anymore and that's when it actually becomes like actual white white is it is it white white in that situation from from what i understand but i could be wrong on that one Rob. yeah yeah well yeah it it has to do with with blood flow um Mm -hmm. you know when when people say oh yeah you're 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 white as a ghost or you know their their face lost all color it's usually because you know the blood sort of drains out of their face for whatever reason or when you're embarrassed uh the blood rushes to your head for whatever reason uh um and yeah so so you do you you do get that sort of that red blush because of because of blood flow yeah but when you're when you're dead i'm assuming it... i'm assuming it's Corpses. because of blood as well I think. yeah that's, that's what i was assuming as no well. longer pumping that's why like when when you know if you read about things in you know like zombie apocalypse books or whatever they always say you know corpses are gray because that's when the blood has mm. been Ugh. 
there's been no but yeah <laughs> like you know because there's been no more blood for so long that there's actually no color in their mm -hmm. skin anymore right. so right. even blushing though like i've had uh, like we're not people will say i was beat red but they weren't really beat red right they're just right. like rosy like and yeah. is it it's the a, whole it's face a or just speech the to say they were just really really red yeah yeah, yeah. And it yeah. is spread out. Usually it could be in the in the face, um, like the forehead sometimes, but usually it is centered around the cheeks. I mean, it's yeah. um, sometimes a detectable, sometimes not. It just depends on, I guess, a person's skin tone, whether it's visible or not. But yeah, so it, you can see sometimes a visible change if they're embarrassed yeah. or... I will I will echo the nuances of the, how, how deeply nuanced and complicated skin tones are because like Ishita, no one ever thinks of me as Chinese. Ethnically speaking, uh, I've had people start speaking Spanish to me because they thought I was Hispanic. Um, and it doesn't help them when I speak Spanish back because then it just kind of enforces that impression. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Um, I've had people call me Filipino, indigenous, you know, basically anything except for, you know, ethnic Chinese. So skin tones are fascinating, but they're also really, it's like so complicated. Yeah, and it's a huge gradient too, and that can be very, very subtle. I do also yeah. want to quickly add, just because I think this is very interesting, um, that so melanin is the is the part of the skin or the body that gives the color, um, mm. and that's why also eye color or hair color is different. Um, but people who are um, ethnic, so brown or black or kind of in that um, spectrum, there's also a Fitzpatrick scale, which is um, actually a thing in like medicine for determining skin tone and color. Um, anyone who is on the higher end, so ethnic, tend to have um, different colors and pigmentation as well. So like Ginny was kind of describing when you're covering up blemishes, the rate of pigmentation is higher because you have more melanin. So you, you right. might see more spots on your face because you got more melanin. And whatever the trauma was that caused that tends to be more aggressive in people wow. of color. Wow, interesting. Okay, we are learning so much today. This is great. <laughs> All right, carrying on in the category of people and animals, uh, dogs and cats' legs can bend. I know I have talked about this before, but because of my fear of animals, I never got close enough and I would see them either walking or I would touch their back when they were sitting and I just assumed that the legs were sticking straight out like stuffies, <laughs> like stuffed animals and uh, yeah. And it was, it was shocking to me to to discover that dogs had like wrists. I don't know if you call them wrists or ankles, but like there's many <laughs> bends in a dog's legs, which is, yes. I had no idea. Anyone else also with me on this or did you guys always explore animals? <laughs> I, I've been around a lot of animals since I was a kid. So I did, I did learn that pretty early on. Okay. Like people explained it to me. I mean, even the the wide range of different types of dogs and like mm, they, yeah. they can look dramatically different. Yes, yes. that yes, I didn't true. know. The yeah. first part I did. Um I didn't I didn't learn that until later because most of the dogs I saw were similar breeds. Mm -hmm. Um so the only thing I could really tell was coat difference. Um but yeah, the, it was it wasn't until later that I learned about different kind of facial features, different like snout and muzzle shapes and stuff like that so yeah um okay the next one was a lot of general details about insects and animals that one would never know 
because many insects and animals are untouchable. The color of a bee or a wasp, for example, bees in a field of flowers being such a picturesque thing. I hate bees. They can buzz off. <laughs> this is a quote from, from me. Oh. From Clement. <laughs> I mean, I agree. So yeah. These are very important though, but they can they can buzz off and be important somewhere else. So, yeah, exactly. so here's my question to Clement and the rest of you then. Mm-hmm. Are bees not just round? Because so when I okay, so when I sometimes have a fly buzz by my ear or whatever, it tickles. They can buzz off too. Yeah, and it tickles, and it usually feels round because it's going so fast. So I imagine all insects as these round little buzzy, annoying things. I think they're if you more... Say, oh, sorry. If you say, oh. sp- like, round as in spherical, then no, they are not. Yeah, I feel like they're like a crab, sort of, oh. but, but smaller, maybe. Okay. Uh, no? No. <laughs> I don't know. All right, I come mean, on. Any... And, and you can, Rob, Rob is the insectologist. Yeah, okay, Rob. Clearly, tell us I... about. Teach us about insects. Oh, teach man. us about insects. Uh, well, <laughs> no, I would say they're they're more like um, they're more elliptical, if anything. Like if you take a circle and you sort of squish it down. Oh, okay, like oh, okay. kind of like an, like an oval, like an oval shape. That's right. That's, yeah, so that's probably what I'm feeling. That's, that's that's what right. I'm thinking a bee and other insects look like. That's right. So, but bees are like stripey black and yellow, right? That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. What color is a fly? Black. Oh, people talk about black usually. flies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Usually they're really black cool. or dark coloring color. Right. Didn't know a bee was that color. Yeah. Didn't even know insects really. Wasps I mean... are yellow as well, right? Yeah. Oh. Wasps look can look similar to bees. People um, talk about a yellow jacket or something. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. which is a type of wasp, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. Yeah, because there's I, I've heard I've heard that as well, and there's different types of wasps and bees, and you know you you hear a lot about like kind of the the fuzzy, you know, bumblebee type thing, and it's I don't yeah. know it's, it's it's always weirded out to me because one I don't want to touch a bug. Second of all, you can't because if you touch them, it's going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt the bug. So yeah, yeah, and and you can tell the difference just by sight between a, yeah. a bee and a wasp. Um, bees tend to be a little bit more um, rounded, a little bit more okay. like chubby, I guess, uh, and wasps are a little bit more lean. And right, uh, which is why I think bees have this. Mm. They're, they're, why I said it's picturesque Cute. because when you see when you think about bees in a flower you know in a field or whatever yeah it does kind of paint a nicer picture than like mm. wasps are associated with being mean. you know nasty Makes and sense. Mean. yeah uh, I think the more like visual ones that people tend to like like are butterflies yeah and, uh, and those have a lot of variants within, within them like a monarch oh, yeah. those are not like, round <laughs> No, yeah. so the As wings tend to make up a huge big of the shape. But yeah, and then ladybugs too, because I've seen, they're not all red. I've seen some that are like yellowish orange. Oh. Um, and then some, a, mm. I don't know if it's true, but I've heard some have like inverted colors. I can't confirm. Mm. I haven't seen yeah. one, but. <laughs> um, yeah. So like the. Uh, White black, with red dots? Or sorry, black with Black red with red dots. dots. Um, so those are the ones that I've known. And then like, I think people also like dragonflies because they look kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so there's like a whole different shape. They're kind of more elongated and like yes. bluish and green. So 
Those are the ones I heard of, but I hate insects. So, so <laughs> I didn't know a ladybug was that color. I thought it was just green. I don't know why. Maybe because it's usually like on the ground. But I knew like all the butterfly colors and all the that. For some reason, I just thought a ladybug was green. Don't know why. They're usually red with red. black spots. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question about a field of flowers. Can can people, I mean, are you seeing bees flitting around the flowers in a field of flowers? Another one for Rob, I think. Sometimes. Um, Rob can probably speak more than I can, but uh, they are around. And it's not always, though. Um, and then sometimes it'll be other insects. Right. From yeah, that's right. Uh, it really kind of just depends on where you are. Um, but yeah, usually usually you you see some bees for sure. Okay. Interesting. Um the the reason I brought this one up specifically was wasn't wasn't just insects, but animals and I I said I phrased it specifically animals and insects because there's certain animals that are the same way. Like you would never get close enough to touch a bear. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And I, I remember the only reason I know what they look like and what certain animals look like is because um, one of my O&M instructors took me to a taxidermist when I was a kid. Um, and that was weird because there were a lot of yeah animals that mm. you could touch because they were not alive anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the, that's ta- taxidermy itself is a whole different conversation but like yeah you know like i i touched a beaver there there were bears there was one crocodile that was freaky Um, like you know so i'm just it was just really it was interesting to me because when when sean you were asking these questions and asking us to pick these things one of the things i thought about was wow like i've never thought about the fact that if i never went to a taxidermist i wouldn't know what a bear looked like Mm -hmm. or like what differentiates a dog and a wolf yeah. Because they're similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same with coyotes. Because some people say, oh, a coyote, you know, depending on some some size, some species of coyotes look like a German shepherd. They're like, I don't know if that's a shepherd, like a stray shepherd, or if that's a coyote. That's weird. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, that was just really interesting to me. And even now, you know, there's still animals that I don't know what, you know, what they look like. Like elephants, for example. Mm. Um, Or a tiger, because you're just re- throwing out random animals that I'm thinking of because you're never going to get close enough to touch a tiger, probably. Mm. Um, well, that makes a lot of sense, though, because a lot of those, I guess, bigger slash obscure ones, like the only reason I know a little bit about them is because we'd have to learn about them in school. And, you know, like you could get, you could like sculpt them or have like mm. the stuffies. But yeah. Like, my little, like, they gave me, like, a toy elephant in grade four because I had a research project about elephants. And then I went to India, and I actually felt and rid an elephant. And I was like, that's not, like, my little, like, toy stuffy. stuffy. Yeah, yeah. Right? the same with a bear. You know, you, you feel yeah. thing, oh, like a teddy bear. Well, no, yeah. if you actually go and touch a grizzly bear that's dead, you'll know right. that's not what your right. teddy bear looks totally. like. Totally. Um, so it's just really interesting to me because people, you know, they see nature shows, people see paintings, you know, nowadays we can look on social media for travel photos and you'll see tigers and elephants and animals and all sorts of things. But, you know, <laughs> if you're if you're blind from birth, the chance of you knowing what a tiger looks like without yeah. having ever touched one is probably pretty rare. Totally 
same for me. And I remember going to the zoo as a kid and you could, I could never see, I could never find the animals amongst the trees or the mm. foliage or the whatever. It's like, yeah. there's a monkey up there in the tree. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to have to take your word for it. No idea. <laughs> um, I have a funny story about this. So I, I had an ex, I have an ex-boyfriend who had a ferret. And when we met, we hadn't met yet, but he, you know, he, I knew he had a ferret. And so I asked him how his bird was <laughs> like, how's your bird? And he's like, uh, what? I have a ferret. And I didn't know what a ferret was. And I just assumed it was like a parrot. <laughs> I did too. Oh my God. It's, it's not, it's like a rodent. It's like a long skinny it's a lizard. So I thought it was a bird until now. I was just about to ask, what is it? Yeah. Then? No, so... this tiny furry creature. That's kind I know of what ferrets are because Harry Potter. That's where I first heard of a ferret. Yeah. Not surprisingly enough for anyone yeah. who like So, that. so many animals yeah. I, I don't really know. And I just yeah. fake it. And... It's like a bearded dragon. Who knows what a bearded dragon actually looks like? Oh, I've heard of this, but... I've seen one. It's a lizard, isn't it? Yes, it is a lizard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do also want to quickly add, like, distinctions between male and female animals. Some are very oh. obvious. Yep. Um, like lions, because the male lion has like a mane and visually looks quite different from the female. But mm. then in something like elephants, or I think maybe ducks have different patterns where it's very difficult to tell. Ducks um, are evil. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know. So, um, so, so I've learned in some species you can because of visual characteristics. Um, but then in some, it's very dif difficult. You can't really tell because they all kind of look the same to someone who's just looking at them and doesn't have the knowledge to distinguish. Right. Yeah. Okay, so next topic is technology. So when sighted people swipe on their phones, it's usually up and down, not left to right. Uh, so when we use voiceover, we generally swipe left to right. I didn't know decided people swipe up and down I, I didn't is that dependent on apple versus android or is that no, I, I would i'd say decided people swipe left and right as well there's horizontal scrolling okay so yeah depending on the app but yeah i don't know i feel like in voiceover i've also scrolled up and down yeah you, you um, can scroll down both. or up i feel like i've done more yeah. up and down than horizontal for um if i'm switching to like reading through apps or something, then I, you know, you do more horizontal because you're screening through everything. But if I'm actively using an app, I think it's relatively similar to how a sighted person uses it from what I've seen. It's just different number of fingers, um, especially on like a phone where it's a bit of a smaller screen and everything kind of gets touched and say like one touch versus like an iPad. I mean, you may need to be moving around a bit more, but I think this usually, is one for Mr. Minot. Yeah, go ahead, Rob. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it depends because I'm an Android guy, first of all. So I, I, I can't I can't speak to to uh, all the iPhone users out there, but um, I know for Android, yeah, I I do swipe left and right um, as well as up and down, um, and it's just different. Like scroll, uh, swiping up will bring up all of my my app menu. I'm scrolling down, we'll we'll sort of pull down the shade that will show me, you know, the time, the the weather, all of that kind of stuff, and then left and right will do things like um, you know scroll through through pages if I'm browsing uh, online. So okay. I submitted this one, and what I meant, was, like I guess I didn't word it quite right, 
Um, so when we are using voiceover and we're swiping through our phone, when we're going through, let's say, our home screen and our apps, we use our fingers left to right, like our one finger when we're just kind of swiping through. Or when we're reading Facebook, when we're reading through posts, we go left and right to go down to, or, to read mm-hmm. the next post, right? Sighted mm-hmm. people, from what I felt and learned accidentally when I was trying to use someone's phone, was they go, they use their thumb and go up. Right, so push it reading, up, push it up, push it up kind of so thing. So they scroll. Right. Because they can see the whole screen. Yeah. So once they've read that whole screen, yes. they're moving it to yeah. the next screen. Yeah. We don't yeah. have to do that, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's, a, that's a voiceover. Yeah. That's a that's a voiceover mm-hmm. and kind of blind. Vers- it's, it's like it's, yeah. tabbing across in. That's what draws. I didn't know. I thought everyone did did what we did yeah. is kind right. of where what yeah, my yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. sentence was trying to say. Got it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yes. So we're seeing one icon at a time as we swipe. Everyone else is yes. looking at a whole screen and then mm-hmm. another screen. They don't have to swipe. That's not yes. really a thing. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, this one's kind of funny too. So fonts actually change the shape of letters slightly. Yeah, I submitted this one because as a writing student, um, our syllabus would always say, must be written in Times New Roman. And I'd be like, why do you care so much? Like, what's wrong with this font? Like, and sometimes I'd like pick random fonts in high school and I'd be like here and they'd be like, that is really hard to read. And I was like, how and why? And they kind of explained that even though letters are the same, sometimes they might have an angle or they might, the line that crosses through that might be a bit more squiggly, might have more of a design. Sometimes letters are very close together um they might have extra decorative loops or things on them um also when um i've like seen books sometimes you know how like there's books that have like the engraved print Mm -hmm. um sometimes those will be in different fonts so i've actually like got to see um how that that font looks that's particular to that book but yeah like letters will be tilted different things will be happening. Yeah, that's an interesting, I mean, I, I'm aware of that, but I don't know if I would could picture what a lot, there's so many different fonts. So, yeah, like you'd have to yeah. look at one example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they all differ with, like different languages have different fonts too, because mm-hmm. characters obviously look different. So there's well not look different they are different so there'll be different fonts for different languages that change the way those characters look too yeah um emojis are not always what they are described so for example the smiley face with tears is a happy face not a sad one i think i knew that like i would have assumed that it's like crying with joy um because if it's a smiling face, it's happy. But I was just talking to a friend about this last night about how they're described and like how to know which one to choose, like smiling mm. face with wide, uh, wide open eyes versus yeah, smiling face, screaming with fear or like the descriptions are quite hilarious and just knowing 
which one to use in which situation and not sure if you've picked the right one. <laughs> Smiling face with sunglasses. Like there's so many choices and yeah. like, what's the mood I'm going for today? And how can sighted people tell the difference between like worried face and pensive face? And it's just yeah. a little drawing the of labels. a circle with dots. And like, I don't understand how that can convey pensiveness versus worried versus angry face or something. I only learned this because, and I submitted this one because I had made a mistake. I started using, because when I heard, oh, smiling face with tear or smiling face holding back tears. Yes. I was like, oh no, it's someone for, like trying to be brave. So when someone had <laughs> like a, oh boy, condolences, I was mm-hmm. like, I send oh, you my no. condolences. Oh no. <laughs> with a, um, this it's emoji like laughing so hard you're crying is how i interpret that which obviously is not what you want to send for control no, oh my goodness did not, was not aware yes um, they didn't like mind i guess but i learned it because i just kept using it and then um i was talking with someone and they told me and then sometimes i have people that i'll just like send random emojis to and give them the description of what i get yeah and then we'll talk about it like um there's one that's um, face with head exploding. And I'm like, right. so there is there just smoke coming out of the head? <laughs> like, So we'll just talk about them in that way. But that emoji literally caused me a lot of pain. Like I uh, used that one the, in- incorrectly for a long time. Yeah, the, the, that, that's an interesting one because I've seen that used to express emotion. But it's so it's not funny necessarily. It is like like you're brought like to tears happy, happy tears yes oh, yes boy, happy tears. so, so like if you're not. thinking about if you're thinking about your dog is oh so cute and you put that emoji because it's yeah. so cute it makes you kind of want to cry right um That's but sweet. it's definitely yeah. definitely not a condolence <laughs> no <laughs> context matters and yeah. I guess one thing i want to say is like uh, a lot we as blind people tend not to realize just how much sighted people rely on facial expressions to understand mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. um it's something if, if you want to go sciency into it and like psych oriented stuff babies start doing it when they're like two months old so we have like a natural inclination to faces and understanding them and reading them yeah. so i think a lot of people who are sighted tend to be a lot better at interpreting yeah the, the stuff than we are but yeah another thing i also want to add is that sometimes like what i've seen is so like um i've seen so one is like um sad face with sweat drop or something so it's right. like oh my god the person's kind of like stressed but some of them have like a different discoloration on the top so the top part of their face in the emoji is like blue but they don't describe that part i've noticed oh. so there's like a bunch of them where they'll have like a sweat drop one is like kind of nervous where they're smiling one is like stressed one is sad oh, okay. but the this like maybe the stressed one will have like a different color on top so you can see like the colors kind of technically draining from their face is before. so but that i don't think i've ever heard being described through voiceover so that's that is an element that sometimes yeah. gets missed out from yeah our- and that's i think that's the complication because you can only just des- you can't describe an emoji at length mm-hmm. yeah because the whole point of an emoji is supposed to be it conveys a lot in very few words. So for us who can't see it, we have to extrapolate because they can't write a super long description for voiceover. <laughs> otherwise, it makes every text like twice as long. Yeah. So 
there is a bit of there is an element of context. I've learned to use emojis. I use them a lot uh, because most of my sighted friends do, and so I've picked it up. You know. Yeah, based on I've, when they based use on which how one. they yeah. use it, and yeah. what, so like I've I've learned that you know like the you know do you pick a smiling face with hard eyes or do you pick a smiling face with sunglasses? Well, right. either one works. It conveys the same thing. One is just cuter than the other one. Mm. So yeah, it, it's a that for that particular one, it's a matter of, well, which one do you like? How cute do you want to be? Yeah, I just sunglasses learned sunglasses is like more cool vibes or beach vibes or bro vibes. Maybe. <laughs> I, yeah, who knows? I just learned in this conversation that emojis are colored, that they have color. I was like, I just assumed they were like a stick man drawing kind of, but no, just the face. No. Uh, they're they're yellow. Yellow, yeah, usually. And then mm. like we talked about, you can also change the color based on yeah. like the thumbs up. tone and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. usually they're yellow default. Wow. Fascinating. Okay. Okay, so plenty of things that people take for granted while watching movies or TV shows, especially in the areas areas of weapons, guns, swords, um, as most of us will probably never touch any of those things mm -hmm. in our life. Yeah. True. Yeah, three guesses, I don't know. Three guesses who that came from. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> that's Clement. I'm pretty sure that's Yeah, that's Clement. That it's true. I have no idea what some of those things look like. Like a sword, I envisioned before I touched like a toy sword. I envisioned as a knife because that's when I ask people, oh, what's a sword? Oh, it's like a big knife. So I'm like, okay, big kitchen knife. Like, yeah, and, and and there are swords that look like but that. But this is this is what's really cool is, and this is why I love weapons because the cultural aspect is fant like is amazing to me. So like the kanda from India looks very different from a Chinese saber mm. versus a samurai sword. And and it's interesting because when you say the word samurai sword, anyone who can see has an image of what that looks like. Because they've either seen a samurai movie or they've seen someone dress up as a samurai for Halloween or, you know, there's there's just icono that kind of iconography is all over the place. But for us, it's not easily mm -hmm. accessible because it's usually visual. Mm -hmm. And most of us will never have the chance to touch a samurai sword and know what that actually looks like. Mm -hmm. Same thing with guns. Like until I went to a shooting range, I'd never seen what a what you know what a police rifle looked like. Uh, I'd never seen what a shotgun looked like. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I mean, I toy like a like a water gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah nerf, and those are those are gun. modeled those are modeled after real guns. Mm -hmm. sometimes you know but like when someone says oh he had a he had a pistol well there's there's an idea of what a pistol looks like versus a rifle mm -hmm. versus a shotgun versus a machine gun right? yes yeah um or different types of clothing if you want to take it out of weapons clothing is the same way what does yeah, a, like what does a sorry look like well if you're sighted you can see what that looks like yeah same right. thing with a kimono yeah. or a robe or things like you know, kind of more extract clothing that you would just never wear. Yeah, unless you're part of that culture. Yeah. 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 I did get a chance to shoot a rifle once on my uncle's farm and was amazed at how heavy yeah. it was, which never comes across in toys and you know, just yeah, mock yep. versions of that. So. Yep. Or even a bullet, like you know, yeah. because people say, "Oh, it's a bullet. It's a bullet shape." Right. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't help, you know, unless you've actually seen what a bullet casing looks like. 
Yes. So well, that's like technically. I never understood why people called it that because it's technically shaped like a cylinder around. A bullet is a cylinder with a point at the end. Yes. Yeah. So it's not it's not just shaped like a cylinder. There is a specific. Oh, okay. So they're more referring to the point. Yeah. So I was like, they're basically yeah. cylinder. They're yeah, they're a cylinder they at the back, but the very the very tip of the bullet is pointed. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're not not necessarily pointed, mm-hmm. but it's tapered. So there is a it's, kind. Yeah. Of, there's an angle. It gets thinner. Yes. As it goes yeah. up towards the end of the edge of the end of the bullet. That I knew for some reason I was just like it's a cylinder. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then from what I've seen, they're different for different guns like size wise as well like some will have way bigger ones some will have smaller ones yeah like a shotgun shell is different than a you know typical bullet that you fire out of a pistol right yeah okay uh next sunscreen has color well i think it's just white isn't it until you rub it in yes yeah it's white which i learned the hard way um (laughs) I feel Again. responsible, Jenny. I feel like I told you to wear sunscreen. No, <laughs> no, no. This was way before. No, you told me to wear sunscreen more regularly on my face, right? But yeah. um, so I learned this one time I was at the beach. And again, I don't know. I didn't even know that lotion had color, but no one ever mentioned that because I'd always rub in my lotion, right? I guess sunscreen is more color than lotion because I put on my sunscreen everywhere. And I guess I put it in my face, on my face as well. And I was like done and people are like, Jenny, you look like a ghost. And I was like, what? Why? And they're like, like, so sunscreen has color. You missed a bunch of patches here, here, and here. As well as also while sunscreen is going in, like being absorbed by your skin, it actually makes you shine a little bit. Mm-hmm. So did not know that. Um, really was a little embarrassing thing to learn that, uh, yeah. It's, it's thicker than lotion. I think that's why. I don't yep. think it's whiter. It's just thicker. So it, ah. it doesn't absorb as easily as lotion. Gotcha. But you're nope. not the first person to not have their sunscreen rubbed in because usually there's not a mirror when you're putting sunscreen on. You're at the beach or something, right? So I've heard lots. I've heard that happen to lots of people where they didn't rub it in enough and people okay, would good. be like, you need to rub it in more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what I tend to do is like, that so the whitish hue that comes on your skin is called a white cast some Uh are better than others so um some brands will have like kind of what you see the traditional thick um kind of sunscreen and that so the whole point of sunscreen is to create a barrier between your skin and the sun so that's why it they do tend to be thicker um i'm not a chemist but i just like (laughs) skincare a lot but uh, so then what i tend to do is just for anyone who's interested there are a lot of sheer ones, so those tend to have quite less of a tint, like a white cast. You can call them white cast free or less white cast. And there's also tinted sunscreens. So those uh-huh. tend to be brownish tints. So kind of like the peachy color we talked about. And they are different for different skin tones. And they have oh. SP within them. So I know like some brands have like and usually those like look different in color. They're quite like pigmented. Hmm, so, right. so it kind of gets rid of the issue of needing to have like white patches all over your face <laughs> it just kind of looks like maybe you're a bit yeah. more shiny than usual i think that's what my brand is it's just the one i use the hawaiian traffic is one of them has like a sheer one mm-hmm. i saw yeah. a purple too fun fact so oh wow 
<laughs> like a purplish tint because it's or green like it just depends so because of the different ingredients and people are getting yeah. more creative with their formulation and some are more skincare elements in it so they can have different tints but yes traditionally it is the white and the white cast is the term you get the all right look <laughs> um okay the next one is a book does not simply have the title and author's name across covers are actually quite diverse so yeah, that's that must have been an interesting discovery. I, yeah. I knew this. I could see books when I was oh. a kid. Yeah, that one. That one I knew as well mm -hmm. from when I was a kid. Lots of like a photo of some kind or colors or yeah. I think probably a lot of thought goes into the book cover. So I had to do an assignment for class where I had to make a book cover, and I was like, "How do I make something I've never seen?" Um, mm -hmm. uh, I knew that there was usually a picture on a book cover. But I just thought, okay, on the top line, there's whatever uh, X book by X author picture down below. Okay, that's and then on the back, there's the blurb. So as I was making my book cover, like my friend who was helping me was like, let's grab some books from my bookshelf and let's just like I'll describe the covers to you. Mm. So people actually get cr really creative. Like you could have the author's name at the bottom. You could have the author's name and the book title on a slant. You could right. have the author and book title cutting across the picture. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Or if there's a person on there cutting across their body. Um, and you can have um, the picture isn't just a picture. Like you can have different colors in the background. Um, sometimes you will have even on the back rather than just the blurb which is not always right dead center in the middle. It can be on the top or on the bottom. You can also have color. You can also have another small picture on the back as well. Don't judge a book by its cover because yep. if it's more plain looking, people tend not to be interested. So yeah. if they don't, yeah. right. that's where that expression comes from. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was mostly just the picture that people were seizing, not all this other stuff, which is really cool to know. Yeah. Um, okay. And the last one on the list is our money is all different colors based on the amount. So that is the case in Canada. Our money is different colored. That is not mm -hmm. the case in the States. All no. <laughs> bills are the same color. And I'm actually not sure about the UK or Australia or any other country besides Canada, but in Canada, yeah, a $5 bill is a different color from a $20 bill, a 50. Like I could not tell you what color they are though. Mm -hmm. So, I know they're different colors. I don't know what color each bill is. I didn't know this for the longest time. I thought all our money was the same. Uh the reason I submitted this is cuz I actually read a post on Facebook that let you know uh each dollar bill, each yeah, each bill and what color it was and mm. I was fascinated that we we had purple money. Because one of our bills is purple, and I just was like, "That's weird." Because I've I've just pictured it all the same. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I've, I've actually I knew I knew they were different, but I didn't know that they were colored differently. That's mm -hmm. interesting. Well, and that makes me think of change, like money. That you know, heads or tails. I I was really confused as a kid. Yeah, it's a little like, head. Is there and just a, a head tail? and a tail? Like how? And the different coins seem to have different pictures, but they're consistent. Like the nickel is something, and the quarter is something else. And 
I don't remember what any of them are and I could never see that. I could feel that there was something textured on the coins, but not no idea what was on our money. Mm-hmm. Our coins are also different colored. Some of them from oh. what I know, the loony is like a brownish, oh. um, like a light or goldish kind of brown. Rob, please feel free to correct me. Oh, yes. Our toonie is silver on the outside. And then you can kind of feel a little divot in between. Like there's a little bit of distinction. The middle is like the brownish loony color. And then pennies are dark brown. Right. And then I think the rest are kind of just the grayish Silvery. coin color. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Right. I thought they were all silvers. Uh, Rob, Rob tell lot. us about heads and tails. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So, so this this actually does vary too. It depends on what kind of coin it is, and sometimes there are they'll they'll have like commemorative coins where they'll put something something specific on one side, like a, a boat or something. But usually on the other side, there's there is usually a head, and it's usually uh, usually the queen, I think. And then it's usually it it varies depending on like I know for like a nickel, for example, for the longest time it was a beaver. That was that was the quote uh, Tail. tails side, and the head was you know Queen Elizabeth or, or whoever. So a tail, if it's tails, it's just not a head. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind not... of the it's like the fr- front and back is what is what I learned. Mm. So heads is usually the head, but that's it's the front side of the coin, like the face side of the coin, right? Okay. And then the tail side, which is the back, is just whatever picture is right on the back of that coin. Okay. Um, there you go. I I did. We we're talking about bills, though. It's it's really interesting. Like I when I went to Japan, um, I thought Japanese money was going to be awful to manage because there's no braille. But Japanese banknotes are different sizes depending yeah. on the oh. amount. So is a lot of the European countries. Yeah, are Europeans like that are like too. that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um. So, so the smaller measure. the smaller the actual note is, the smaller the amount. So if you and learn the denominations then you can figure out what um, each size is. Um, and, and for folks who are blind, so when I was growing up, before there was Braille on Canadian money um, or tactile symbols, I guess. It is, it is, it is Braille. I mean, it's a yeah. full cell. Yeah. Uh, so before that, there were bill readers that you would put your bill in and press yes. a button and it would say $5 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yep. But in the UK, they carry around these measure things so you can line your bill up against this thing and it will be like that's the five pound note and that's the 10 pound note and that's mm-hmm. because if you don't have all the bills i mean if you have one of everything in your wallet then you can use it that way but measure if, it, yeah. if just somebody gives you one bill and you can't tell the difference between a five and a ten or a ten and a twenty then you can use this measurey thing so oh wow that's, re- that's really cool i mean we used to you know, i mean the americans still do this they fold them differently that's what I used to do when I was a kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Before there was. The I didn't. Thing. I didn't have money before there was. You know... <laughs> okay, we're we're back to my age again here. Right. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, I didn't. I didn't understand why Canadian money was called monopoly money for a long time, but then I realized it was because monopoly oh, money yes. is also colored. Right. So we get oh, that. Oh, is that why? Yeah, I didn't and know. And money, I didn't know was color either. It is. It is. So it's yeah. like blue, green. So like, yeah, now I know why. Because I was just color as well. Mm. That's why in the song about stronger beer, there's a line about <laughs> our money being fake. Right. Because uh, the Americans all think Canadian money is it fake. It looks because... like, like play money. Yeah. 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 Wow. 
Okay. So how do you guys feel when these situations happen and you discover that, uh, like, oh, that was something everybody else knew that I didn't know? Um, I think for me, it's like, on one hand, it's refreshing and it's like I'm a child again and I'm learning something new about this world even now. And it's fascinating and I, and I think it's really cool and I get that excitement. From the other hand, I sometimes, especially depending on the situation, the context, how I find out mm-hmm. and the people I'm around, it's actually a little bit embarrassing because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I didn't know that. That was super common. Or like, I feel kind of like less than, especially like when it's like I'm writing a writing for school or writing stories and common knowledge uh things kind of get missed i feel less than my peers in terms of the career path i'm trying to go down Mm. um i think i think it's different when it's a mobility instructor or blind beginnings or something like that when i discover those things because it feels more acceptable um for me and people understand why yeah and the people understand why some friends it depends um but then at the same time it's just it's embarrassing. So I'm either end of, of, of that spectrum. Mm. Uh, for me, it's always just an, it's, it's always amazing. And it's eye opening. Um, most probably because I've had very few incidences where my lack of that kind of common knowledge has led to embarrassment. Um, most of them is most of this stuff. Is kind of just, I mean, the worst that's ever happened was that I got stung because I thought something was a bit of dust on my glass and it turned out to be a wasp. And that wasn't, that wasn't very fun. But, um, you know, I, I, I love learning and I love finding out things that I didn't know or that I thought I knew, but didn't. And so I, it kind of, it kind of surprises me and it does kind of baffle me. It's like, oh, everybody else knew that. Okay. (laughs) But I think for me, it definitely, it's, it gets overshadowed by the thrill of learning something that I didn't know before. Yeah. I think for me, it's mostly kind of similar to Clement where it's well I would say mine kind of goes more in the comedic route where it's like what like I'll say something like yeah. that and then someone will be like we talked about this like two days ago how did you not know and I'm like you know like I had a vague idea of it but then when to go into the details of stuff is when things start coming out and then I'm like oh my god I had a completely different view of that so I don't think I've ever been embarrassed because I guess my knowledge is functional enough to get through a lot of conversations um and then it's when you actually dig into very specific things is when um it comes out and then I'm just kind of in my own mind embarrassed I didn't know that but usually I kind of just get through it with like oh I didn't know that and then uh I learned something new and then move on (laughs) so uh nothing luckily too embarrassing and the people around me are very great about it they just kind of also laugh it off or just try to their best to explain the thing I'm missing to me. Yeah. I think I react that way too. kind of like, that's a thing. And, and mm, just like yeah. people understand I'm blind. And so obviously that's why I didn't know that it's not because I'm yeah. dumb. Um, <laughs> if there is something that I feel like everyone else knows and I don't, I might do my own research or ask somebody later, not in the yeah. moment. Can you explain to me what a sec, uh, what a, what bagpipes look like, for example, yeah. or something like that. Right. Um, instead of in the moment 
while we're watching the pipe band and I realize I don't actually know what that looks like, but I'm not going to like interrupt the performance yeah. to find Just out. Just to ask what they look like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So any advice, could, do you guys have any advice for parents or teachers of kids who are blind um, sort of around this topic? Like, like we had two full episodes of things that mm-hmm. combined we didn't know. Um, that's a lot of gaps, right? That's a lot of things missed yeah. maybe in our learning. So how, how could somebody check in with a child to mm-hmm. find out whether they know a thing or not without it being embarrassing or kind of outing? I just would ask. say, yeah, just ask. But Have I you ever also... seen a blah, blah, blah before or yeah, you, but did also you know lots that hands on too? Yeah. For certain that... things. Yeah. But I think also why not get in the habit of also just describing things? Yeah, it might seem silly to you, but describe them. Like when you're outside and you know, like you're looking at a sunset with your family and your child's just there, you know, still hanging out with you, mm-hmm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're um, buying apples at the store, right? Be like, oh, okay, do you want to like pick, like I'm going to buy one of each kind. Let's talk about the different colors and the different tastes. Which one do you like? Mm-hmm. You know, like we talked about in our prior episode, getting kids to be helpful in the kitchen is one way. Also, a lot of exposure to, again, it's not the same, but different toys, um, you know, go beyond what they like and dislike um, at the store, show them the aisle, get them to pick things up and put them in a cart so that they know that there's different options out mm. there. Just mm. a lot of, a lot of hands on, even if you think it's silly because it, it's, it's like the more you make it a habit, the more normalized it becomes. And that's, you know, they, they will feel more comfortable to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. Shopping's yeah. a good thinking of a grocery mm-hmm. store like if you had explored the the bread exactly you'd know that there's not just one kind of bread <laughs> or one type of shampoo when you can see down the aisle how many different bottles and they yeah, all get have them different to shapes pick. Yeah. yeah buy a few um kids ones maybe and get them to pick their favorite uh, just kind of explore that way too get them more involved thinking about the elevator and the numbers lighting up and like maybe sometimes <laughs> closing your eyes it during an experience to kind of realize what you what you miss might help cue you on what your child might not know exactly yeah awesome what i'm gonna add for people who are partially sighted is i think a lot of the times we get the assumption that we can see a lot more than we can mm-hmm. or a lot less than we can but i've usually seen it more it's people can assume i, I see a lot more than i do so it's just don't assume, try not to assume and uh, encourage questions. So if someone's looking at something very close, um, I've had people who find that embarrassing and kind of put my hand down and just be like, oh, I'll tell you about it later. Like, it, that's okay. If I'm trying to see something or if a child's trying to see something, it's because they're interested and they want to see what it looks like. Um, just maybe ask, like, would you want me to help describe that? Yes. No, that's okay. Like if they're if they're doing that, don't, don't ever discourage that kind of behavior because they're just trying to learn and see something in way that they're able to see it. So just, that's kind of just what I've experienced. So never 
um, always encourage and just try not to assume as easy as assumptions can be to make. Just try to avoid that as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear from our listeners on uh, if there are other things that you, if you're blind or partially sighted from childhood and there are other things that you, that everybody seemed to know and you didn't, I think it would be really awesome to hear from you. So send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca and share that with us. And maybe if there is enough, we can have another episode and we can share <laughs> some of yours with, um, with each other and with our listeners. Cause I think this has been really interesting. Um, but also I think helpful to maybe parents who are yeah. raising a child who's blind mm -hmm. to kind of cue in on what some of the gaps might be and where they maybe need to provide a little bit more description and explanation. Thanks so much, you guys. You've given so much of your time to be here with me today. I really appreciate it. This has been one of my favorite episodes. I know I haven't said that in a while, so I thought I could say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for it's joining been, me. It's been Thank fun. You. And uh, Thank next you. time we're going to talk about what anime looks like and why it's specifically anime, right? Uh, yes. The dreaded anime. <laughs> yeah, the dreaded <laughs> anime. Because that, that is something that, you know, it, it is, it is, it is a unique art style, art style that everybody knows. Why is okay. anime anime? Okay. Um, and I need to work on Sean to get that going. <laughs> yes. yeah. Okay. We'll Part three will be all about anime. That yeah. one. I don't think I can co-host. I think uh, <laughs> I got to step out for that one. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks, you guys. Thanks. Thanks. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>